The Nerd and Tie Podcast is unsurprisingly a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord. On this episode of Nerd and Tie, Vic Mignana has lost his appeal. Gary Busey has been charged with two counts of criminal sexual contact after Monster Mania in New Jersey. HBO Max content apocalypse. But She-Hulk is out and uh, Sandman is here. And uh, that's pretty neat. Welcome to Nerd and Tie, your only podcast on the internet with a dress code. What that dress code is, we've never really been clear about. There's some implications that may or may not be true. Uh, but uh, I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dorn. Joining me, as always, are the Wondiferous Celeste Star Twin. Word up. And, of course, the fantastical Genprock. Word down. Word down. I, I prefer to word middle. <laughs> and that's why we make such a good team. Yes, we're covering we're covering all the angles here. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go any further, uh, we just wanted to, to make a mention. It's because of the timing of our episodes. Um, it, uh, we, just, we just want to um, take a brief mention of the passing of uh, Nichelle Nichols. Uh, the, uh, the, of course, Uhura from the original Star Trek, who passed away on July 30th. Uh, this year, which was after our previous episode, um, but almost a month ago at this point. So um, she was 89 years old. Um, but, you know, it, we're we're big Star Trek fans here at Nerd and Tie. I don't, or at least Celeste and I are, and again, tolerates us talking about Star Trek. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it, it would be strange not to, not to mention... Well, I I have a deep respect for her. Um, just you know, I mean the the kiss she had, the on screen kiss was absolutely massive, and and you know just paved the way for so much, and and so did she. So yeah, tons of respect. Nothing but love for science fiction's original African-American hero. Mm-hmm. Um, just TV sci-fi would not be the same without her. Um, one of the, obviously one of the best. We, we It wouldn't be right for us to not to acknowledge the passing of just a, a true legend. Yeah. So, we should, so, Yeah. <laughs> There's not an easy way to segue out of that into our first actual story, but we have to. Rest in power, Nichelle. Yeah. Um, so now that we've depressed you, let's uh, uh, um, try to lift your spirits by dunking on Vic Mignogna. Hey! Yeah. We're back. Yeah! All right, so <laughs> for those of you who don't remember... Vic Mignogna destroyed his own career. Uh, <laughs> um, Chef's kiss. So, God, how do we sum up the Vic Mignogna <laughs> lawsuit? 
which was first filed in like 2019. Uh, so Vic Mignogna, um, so Vic Mignogna, uh, God, uh, so a number of, uh, of women came forward, um, alleging that Vic Mignogna at some point had sexually harassed them. Some of them were people who worked at conventions. Some of them were fellow voice actresses. And like, there was a whole io9 article about this and, uh, Vic Mignogna, in a move only, well, best described as destroying his only chances at ever coming back from this, uh, instead of being doing the smart play and letting the awful patriarchal society we live in forget all of this, <laughs> um, after because uh, Funimation decided to no longer like employ him anymore, like no longer bring him under contract. Um, Vic Mignogna decided to sue uh, two of the people who had alleged that he had sexually harassed them, uh, Monica Rial and Jimmy Marchie, uh, uh, Rial's fiance, Ronald Toy, and, of course, Funimation. Um. <laughs> and if you've been paying attention to the anime field lately, uh, for better or for worse, uh, Funimation is currently... Uh, or has been folded into uh, Crunchyroll Limited and is owned by uh, it's owned, by, owned Sony. by Sony. It, yeah. yeah, it was owned by but Sony when he filed this functionally lawsuit. Functionally, yeah. are like the they have the monopoly more or less on new upcoming anime. Not entirely, but they own most of it. They have the well, market almost completely cornered. So, um, anyways. To, to summarize this ridiculous lawsuit, for those of you who did not pay attention to this, because, I mean, it's been a couple of years, um, this lawsuit was filed, and uh, using Texas's anti-SLAPP statutes, um, SLAPP, anti-SLAPP is uh, SLAPP, S-L-A-P-P, is Strategic Lawsuit Against Public Participation. So some states uh, have laws to protect you from people aggressively suing you. I wish that there were more effective ones in certain states, but Texas has a good one. And... Um, the uh, what happened was is that uh, uh, Real Marchi Toy um, and and Foundation all filed to get this dismissed and uh, under the anti-slap laws. And when you do that, you can get um, sanctions passed against the person who sued you. Right. So back in November of 2019, a judge ordered uh, the judge ruled that uh, the lawsuit was bullshit <laughs> to, to use the legal term um and that uh the and the law, part of the law dictates that the plaintiff must pay the defendant's legal fees upon dismissal and uh the the court on the hearing on sanctions uh Mignana is re was required to pay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the defendants um because he sued them for dumb reasons um and that was 2019 but Mignana, even after getting thoroughly dunked on in court, decided to appeal. <laughs> um, and uh, the Court of Appeals in the second appellate district of Texas found that Mignana uh, did not provide enough evidence to prove that some of the statements made against him were false or that any made like effectively the Court of Appeals tossed it out. And because of the additional legal fees, he's now going to also owe 
more money to the defendants to make up for the more legal fees. And it's just, like, just totally, amazingly, like, just cost himself so much more money. Absolutely avoidable. All of this is avoidable. Absolutely avoidable. Yeah. Like, (laughs) he basically torpedoed himself. You have to understand that, like, the legal community was literally passing around the filings from Minyana's legal team as a joke. People who had no idea about anything about the anime field, the um, this lawsuit as as that that Minyana brought is going to be taught as a what not to do because so many lawyers <laughs> were passing it around as look at this ridiculousness that's happening in Texas, and. What's been amazing, though, is that because of uh, internet personalities who are technically lawyers, like Nick Rakita, has uh, like been dr- drummed up all this support for Vic Mignogna, did this whole GoFundMe, um, which raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars for Mignogna's legal funds uh, bef- to get this lawsuit going. The Vic Mignogna fans have spent this entire time in this delusion that, like, when tons of independent lawyers are telling you are telling these fans no you you don't understand the law this is going to fail completely over and over and over again and then they keep getting strung along though it's like oh well maybe on this next ruling or and then maybe we'll we'll get them in the appeals it's like it's it's been ridiculous the Vic Mignogna fans for the last several years who have and and the best the, the the thing is is that like some of them were still like going like okay what do we do next like what happens next like nothing happens next you lost you yeah, lost there's, there's nothing more you yeah. lost in 2019 you <laughs> lost again it is hard to be this bad like go back to our old episodes we have we have done so many we did so many different like we did articles and episodes talking about this uh i i would go so far as to say that it it is only because of the alex jones case that this wasn't the dumbest hearing in texas yeah no absolutely absolutely like it really (laughs) like seriously this is mind-bogglingly terrible and Minyana has done nothing to help himself oh no absolutely nothing well okay so th- this all comes down to the fact that when that article when that io9 article came out you know you know years ago and i said this before i think i said this before that literally all he had to do was shut the fuck up for a while like the world is terrible and worse people get away with worse things all the time and Vic Mignogna, um, Vic Mignogna, all he had to do was shut up, wait a year, and come back. But what he did then, though, was he, first off, he sued his employer, who was, by the way, he was a, he's a contracted employer. He was a contract employee, right? So they didn't fire him. They just chose not to contract him for anything new. And when you sue them for that, like, who is going to want to voluntarily hire you after that? Like, yep. what what employer wants to begin a relationship with you? Like, and... And, and also, again, like, how many people are left? Because I cannot emphasize this enough. Funimation 
for better or for worse, is now most of the anime dubbing industry. But here's the thing. This is something really important. Mm -hmm. It is no law. Because of this ruling, we can all say that Vic Mignogna's a serial, like, he's a sexual harasser, and there's a bunch of public record on it. And because the case got dismissed, and it's in the public record, we all have stuff to point to, and it's I, we can call him a creep and a sexual yeah. harasser. Serial sex mm-hmm. past Vic Mignogna. And be fine! Yep. You know what sweetened the deal that just made everything funnier for me? Mm-hmm. Um, like, two of Vic Mignogna's most famous roles, uh, new things were released with uh, new dub actors replacing him. Yeah! Like, within days. <laughs> within days. Um, uh, it's, I mean, it's basically a glorified cameo, but, uh, the character of Broly in the new Dragon Ball movie was uh, played by um, Johnny Young Bosch, who also played him in some video games. Um, and uh, albeit I, though I would not recommend anyone watch it, in the dub of the uh, Full Metal Alchemist live action movies, um, someone completely different is voicing Edward Elric in that dub. So yeah, he's not. <laughs> Both of Vic's biggest roles, like, summarily replaced, like, within days. The only way this could have been better, uh, could have been sweeter, would have been, like, a Oron High School Host Club OBA where, like, someone completely different plays Tamaki. That's the only way that this could have been funnier. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. This... And it's... I, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's funny that so many of these weird dudes just jumped on the support Vic Mignogna train because it's almost been universally dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these people pretending to be the biggest Vic Mignogna fans. And the only things they ever reference is when he played the big green screamy man in Dragon Ball. Um well, and like, there's more than one category to these people. The I stand with Vic mm-hmm. people. There's more than one category. There are those guys. They're they're the culture war bros who are not really into the community. There are, um, there are people who are just sexist and anime fans, who are in the community. Those guys. Unfortunately, too. there's a lot of those. And then there are the mm-hmm. people who have bought Vic's bullshit, and mm-hmm. there are true believers who still like want to stand their hero and it's and it's i feel bad for those people to a degree because i mean this man has shown who he is but like i don't know it's so like i mean here's the thing is you get to like the convention scene over the past how many decades like we've been everyone has known about vic and the thing that kept getting him invited to conventions for a long time was the uh despite his personal behavior he'd get invited like he would be a big enough name mm-hmm. and so that's why those now now the only people who invite him now are uh effectively the people who want the culture war pro- like who want the fight like who would also yeah. invite nick rakita as a guest like technically a lawyer nick rakita 
Maybe not for much longer. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> no, he's he's fine. He wasn't legally involved. I don't think he's done anything because he didn't do anything in the case officially. Ah, Ty it. Beard might have, who's uh, Nick Rikita's family lawyer, who was uh, Vic's lawyer. Um, oh, by the way, my favorite thing, and this is um, just an amazing thing, that because they were trying to mock people who kept telling them that they were going to lose because Nick Rikita does all these live streams and he kept having Ty Beard on as a guest because Ty Beard is also uh, Nick Rikita's personal lawyer who um, handles Nick Rikita's trust fund. Um, because they they had they started, they kept making jokes of, well, Nick, it looks like we lost the case again. And they at one point even sold T-shirts. <laughs> And so the, the it it's just amazing to me that like they had there are t-shirts made up made up by Nick Rikita and Ty Beard that say Nick we've lost the case again. <laughs> it's what? It's it's amazing. <laughs> like <clears throat> And like it's especially amazing like I'm I'm still curious if Nick Rakita and Ty Beard actually thought that Manana was going to win or if they knew straight up this was a failed endeavor and I, they were just grifting the shit out of both Manana and his think, supporters. I don't think that Nick Rakita cared enough to actually have an opinion. I, I have to think that Ty Beard thought he could win. I have to think that I mean, Ty Beard thought he could win. Maybe I just like I, I I I just I cannot believe that that we live in a world where 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 Ty Beard would act this much a fool and not just be because he like Nick Rakita being like scamming these kids out of their money on the live streams fine that's fine um he's 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 never like had clients as far as I can tell he represents no one he got his law degree and then became a YouTuber um. He has no. I'd say yeah. Nick Rakita's grifting money off people is you know that's you know fish swimming. Yeah, that's, that's all he ever does. But I have to think the Ty Beard. Like, I have to think. But, anyways. Anyways. We got a lot on the show today, so that's yeah. Uh, that is our dunking <laughs> on Vic Mignana. Um, I don't know if we'll get another Yay. chance to dunk on Vic Mignana, but if we ever do get another opportunity to dunk on Vic Mignana, we will. But I guess, so this is our official goodbye, Vic. Goodbye, Vic. We hope to never hear from you again. If we're lucky, this is the end of it. And you are gone from our lives forever. Goodbye, Vic Mignana. Bye. All right. Um, speaking of bleach blonde sex pests at uh, <laughs> low rent conventions um <laughs> gary Busey has been charged with two counts of criminal sexual contact after monster mania in cherry hill new jersey i hate literally everything you just said i <laughs> it's uh, uh. this is uh so um yeah 
So at least three people reported to the police that uh, Gary Busey uh, uh, inappropriately touched them at uh, Monster Mania in New Jersey. Uh, I'll tell you who the real monster was there. Earlier this month, yeah. Um, <sighs> oof. So, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it hurts because they're right. Yeah, so the detectives, like, uh, like, so the Cherry Hill police detectives, uh, I'm reading from a CNN article, uh, were called to Doubletree Hotel uh, August 13th, where two victims reported being sexually assaulted by the same actor identified as the defendant. Um, apparently, they were in a photo shoot area at Monster Mania, um, and they were having their picture taken with uh, Busey. During the photo sh- shoot, allegedly, uh, Busey placed his face near one of the victim's breasts and asked her where she got them before attempting to unlatch her bra strap, according to the affidavit. Um, the other woman reported that Busey grabbed her butt during the photo shoot. And uh, the next day, a man reported that his daughter had been sexually assaulted by Busey and that she told detectives he grabbed her butt during a photo shoot, according to the affidavit. So this is multiple. So so three different women have pretty much that he he physically groped them. I, and y'all can just imagine that's... how much disgust is being portrayed on my face right now. Yeah, it's Busey has denied this in affidavits, um, but. You know, but apparently it also uh, the the police have alleged that uh, Busey asked detectives to talk the victims out of pursuing complaints. Uh, although Busey has now denied saying that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what holy shit, guy. Gary what Busey, a... who would have thought fucking creep. Yeah, I, 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 for one, yeah. cannot believe that the the star of uh, Sharknado: The Fourth Awakens and uh, Impractical Jokers might be such a he's, sack of shit. Wait, he's not the star of Impractical Jokers. Well, he was on it. He. Oh. Someone being on an episode. Look, I'm not a fan of Impractical Jokers, but we should not besmirch or like deride the the otherwise, as far as we know, non-sex pest people on the show Impractical Jokers. Okay, mm-hmm. we won't throw Impractical Jokers <laughs> under the bus, but we'll throw I'm with Busey under the bus. Yes, that that's fine. Yeah. Um. So apparently, Monster Mania did uh, tell tell CNN in a statement that uh, their legal a law firm representing Monster Mania said that it's assisting authorities and that immediately after receiving a complaint from an attendee, the celebrity guest was removed from the convention and instructed not to return. Um, which which seems to track. It's because it looks like the people like made their complaints that night or that day, but not immediately as it was happening. So. Um, at least the convention does seem to have removed it. I mean, Busey's best known for, you know, playing Buddy Holly. You know, he got nominated for an Oscar for that, but it was 1978. And it's As I was going to say, who you no longer looks just like Buddy Holly. Well, you're fired for that joke. I, this is absolutely 
what I have been doing since the beginning. Why are you acting like this is new? I just want to say, like, good on the convention. Yeah. Because yeah, there no, are there are other play. conventions that would not do that. <laughs> they would true. hear the complaints and just, like, wave them off and let the, the, the you know, celebrity keep doing on. You know, like many did for Vic Mignogna. Yep. As listed in the affidavits that were filed during the lawsuit that he brought mm. and mm. allowed all of that to go into public record. Dumbass. The many, many allegations against Vic Mignogna show the conventions have done that many times. So yeah, good good on, on this one. Yeah, and I know actually, they like, did a following good job. through and I mean, and I, you know, who's to say, like, I don't want to give them too much credit because obviously, you know, police got involved right away. Mm-hmm. True. But also good on Cherry Hill police for taking it seriously. Yeah. Because, you know, not all cops would. That's very true. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Not as bastard as cops normally are. <laughs> So, yeah, it's uh, Gary Busey pl- pl- showing that the nation can have more than one convention sex pest. It can have many. <laughs> it's like lice. I don't like it. I, I, can I, we I move on? I don't like <laughs> it. All right, let's move on to something else. So HBO Max, huh? God damn it. So the Discovery, uh, Warner uh, merger is just going great. Uh, Besides axing pretty much like all of their Europe-produced shows, including Beforeners, one of my favorite shows, uh, a ton of content has disappeared from HBO Max. Like Beforeners, one of my favorite shows. Uh, In fact, tons of shows have been disappearing from HBO Max, including a whole slate of... uh, cartoons that uh after pretty much getting all the rights to like adult swim stuff uh, just silently slid off into vaults of nothing that we will never see it's, all this like and they canceled animation. batgirl and they canceled i mean i don't really care about the scoob sequel but it's still like an almost finished movie um yeah yeah I, i'm sorry yeah the the animation uh, the batgirl thing is I don't even know which one I'm more upset about. The Batgirl thing bothers me so much because of all of the in-production DC things they were working on. That yeah. was the one that I was actually, like, most excited for. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I, it wasn't, it wasn't inexplicably making me cheer for Shazam's nemesis or, uh, editing out uh, the lead actress because everyone thinks her rapist is cool or, um, you know, the, the flash running around kidnapping children. You know, I, I had one movie I was actually excited for again, but we, we, it's basically done, but you know what? We're shelving that. We, we got to focus on making the Joker two musical, I guess. Wonderful. Yeah, And that's not even counting. HBO Max has been such a haven for good animation for the last few years. Yeah. Infinity Train is obviously amazing. 
everyone's talking about it, but with good reason. It's phenomenal. Uh, Kate Mulgrew's in it as a cat. Um, not enough people talk about that. It's awesome. Uh, close enough from the creator of uh, Regular Show. Honestly, one of the best adult animated sitcoms I've ever seen. Consistently funny, very surreal, very good. Just gone. Um, underrated children's shows, including the delightfully surreal Summer Camp Island, not just put into this vault, but has an entire season of episodes that haven't aired yet and might never see the light of day. This is infuriating. It was like, what, like 200 Cartoon Network shows, something like that? Yeah, just... There's like a lot of Cartoon Network and Adult Swim shows. Tons of Cartoon Network shows basically uh, thrown into a vault so that they won't have to pay a pittance of residuals that would have gone toward paying for, you know, health insurance for the people who worked on it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess the asshole who brought us Honey Boo Boo needs a tax write-off. Yeah. David Zaslov, for those of you who don't know, the the current head of Warner Brothers Discovery, um, is the person responsible for turning Discovery Channel into primarily reality show dreck. Um, You know, he gave the world uh, a, a look at the Duggars, so... You know, all of Josh Duggar's victims. You can give a big thank you to that guy, by the way. Um, Just a colossal piece of garbage of a human being. And uh, just HBO Max has gone within days from being one of my favorite streaming services to something that I just don't even feel the need to keep paying for. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm gonna keep paying for it as long as they keep making our flag means death. That's about it. I mean, yeah, but I'm I'm worried about that's future too. At this point. Like <laughs> Well Yeah. Yeah, the metric with which streaming services gauge the popularity of new content and and you know the the future of like continuing on this content is insane. I mean, not the same. I I know we'll get, we're going to get to this show later, but like Neil Gaiman himself has said, he still has no idea if Sandman's going to get another season. And that show did get, has been doing gangbusters. The way that we gauge streaming content is broken. It's stupid. But it's still not as everything going on with HBO Max is what we worried would happen when Disney combined with Fox. And I'm not saying that that was a an, a good thing either. Like these, no, we lost the Lumberjanes movie bad. when, which when that happened. What was that? We lost the Lumberjanes movie when um, Disney bought Fox, and it was like yeah. 90% finished. Yeah, that's and that's that part sucks. I Noel Stevenson deserves way more recognition, obviously, uh, but and everyone who worked on it. I'm I actually wasn't aware of the Lumberjanes movie. I'm going to be perfectly honest, but this is just and and actually it's it's ND Stevenson or Nate Stevenson now. Oh, okay. Pardon me. Wow, I yeah. am so out of my depth. Good for them. 
I'm just sorry. I'm just. HBO I'm Max, we are very disappointed in you. And it's like nothing's good enough to survive this. Freaking Bugs Bunny and Batman apparently aren't even good enough to be kept on the channel. Yeah. Bruce Tim, yeah, Bruce Tim and uh, Paul Dini were coming back together for a Batman cartoon. That's been thrown in the scrap. Yeah, a new Bugs Bunny thing. It's getting scrapped. You know, <laughs> but at le- at least we have Matt Smith in a crappy blonde wig being uh, Game of Thrones or whatever they're doing. I I think it's I. I I think it's it's probably not worth getting mad at the projects that didn't get canceled. Yeah, the Game of Thrones shit was going to happen no matter what. I know. I just this is. I guess it. I I don't want to be angry at that. It is it is infuriating for me though that we're we're moving forward with you know doing another. We're we're doing another like joker thing that i guess i don't okay let's let me refocus myself i don't want to be angry at the things that survive but what i do want to be angry with and annoyed with is zaslov says he wants to give the dc extended universe another and if you guys just go back to our podcast how many times they've said they've had a 10 year plan for this movie universe that's never freaking congealed it was finally but, getting good now yeah exactly but what is the point in getting invested in any of these characters or movies because i don't what does it matter they might just decide oh tax write off i guess you're never going to see the light of day of this thing that you were excited for Like, what am I, what am I supposed to be excited for or invested in when this universe that they want to tell me is going to be this shared cinematic universe just gets thrown out at a whim? It's the same reason that I hate, and I guess, you know, some of the same executives are involved, but it's the same reason why every DC Comics crisis is so eye-rolling for me. How am I supposed to care about these characters if the status quo doesn't last longer than a couple years? Yeah. Sorry, I I know. I haven't we haven't done a Sele gets unreasonably angry about something since I was Nick. So <laughs> here we are again. Here I am. Just... Okay. So I'm sorry, I know I, I ate up most of that, but god damn it. Just fudge. Yeah, so uh, again, you have any thoughts? <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. It sucks. There's a few things that are still on there that I like. What I'm weirded out by is the fact that like I don't know if it's affected my system yet. Yeah. Because I was looking at, like, um, like, because I went and favorited a bunch of, of things so I could watch them later. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, World of Gumball is still here. Yeah. 
oh, I can still watch Gumball. Like, what? (laughs) It's really weird. A bunch of Cartoon Network shows that got pulled from Max are still on Hulu, almost inexplicably. Like, OKKO is still on Hulu. Hmm. Even if it's not on HBO yeah. Max, a couple the, others. The, it's yeah. The the problem is more so that like the shows that disappeared altogether, like, and this is the frustrating. So I've seen a lot of people talk about like, oh, and this is the problem with streaming, and like, you know, we we all like this is why phys- physical media is important, guys, because yeah. this is the thing, and this is what people people have been treating streaming like it's their DVD collection, and it's not. Streaming is just cable. It's just cable. Mm-hmm. It's it's just cable more convenient, but it's still cable. And when something aired on TV, when something aired on TV, it would air and it would be gone forever, right? Mm-hmm. And so you had to record it, or you had to in the hopes of a physical release. And not everything got a physical release. Histor- you know, it's when I was growing up, n- almost nothing got physical releases. Very few things would get like professional physical releases, and that kind of changed in the DVD era. Um. Yeah, um, for my my original when I was a kid, physical releases meant VHS tapes. I have like the first two episodes of the X Files on a VHS tape that I bought. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the pile of Star Trek tapes that are like visible from where I'm sitting. Yeah, okay, it's, let's not. Oh, I I mean, I grew up where like my dad would like like a cartoon would come on and he would like sit there with the VCR and a blank tape and he would tape it. And yeah. like, that's what that meant. Like you would, t- you would record it from TV while it was playing live onto yeah. the V onto the VCR and into the VHS tape. And, there were, and then we'd have yeah. that cartoon forever. Yeah. And there were people who would like archive shows. And I did this thing every time a new Star Trek show would premiere, I would record the first episode and then like keep that and then record the last episode of a Star Trek show. Oh, cool. And yeah, and uh, somewhere in a closet, those VHS tapes still exist. I don't know where, but like, it's that's this streaming. Why I've been is not an still archive. Buying Blu-rays, so. No, yeah. yeah, and that's streaming. No, if streaming anything has taught us that, it's it's this situation going on now. Like, this is just new cable. Yeah, it's just cable, and it sucks <laughs> because we've all been treated. We've we've been lucky for a while that shows like that. In the, the modern era, a lot of stuff didn't disappear. But the fact is, there are shows that disappeared. They're like, sometimes there have been times where, like, I've wanted to watch a show and I haven't been able to find it on any streaming network. And mm-hmm. the, it's it's just notable because there's a lot of new content that didn't come that hasn't come out yet that these, like, animators were, like, and TV people were working on that they, some of them found out their stuff was getting shelved by the news announcements. And while they were yeah. like, working on stuff, and and that's the part that sucks. Um, but the more I hear people like complaining about like, you know, you know, about how, I don't know, like how they, they expected streaming to be more like this permanent archive. And I'm like, no, it's not. It never will be, never has been. And rights expire. It's the, yeah. It, and it sucks that we've got to go back to living a life where you have to archive things yourself and, you know, buy things on their official releases when those come out in physical media. Like, I own Gravity Falls. They can't take Gravity Same. Falls away from me. I got the DVD set. I've literally never opened my copy because every time I want to watch it, I pop it up on streaming, but I wanted to own a physical copy mm-hmm. because... No, I'm yeah. I'm literally the same way. I have tons of... There's a bunch of shows 
that I will watch them on streaming because that might be more convenient. But there's if there's a uh, a film or yeah. an anime or, you know, a um, TV show that I'm really into, I'm going to buy physical copies of it because I've I'm paranoid like that. Yeah. Hell, as an anime fan, I'm almost doubly paranoid about that because sometimes the English dub I like is just gone forever or I don't know um the company doesn't get the rights to the original uh 1981 audio and uh I'm forced to take my VHS tapes and have shameless otaku rip them from um rip the audio off of them to uh mesh them with blu-ray footage because it's the only way I can watch the Gundam movies the way they were meant to be viewed. Uh, oh. I whoops. am the same way with the specific. the freaking Castle of Cagliostro like I watched it with a certain cast Mm-hmm. You know, a certain dub cast, and I cannot watch it without that certain dub cast. I guess I'm glad I watched that movie subtitled. <laughs> I I really even like, if the version uh... of the sub well, it's because they kept calling him Rupon in the version of the dub. I heard, and right? I yeah, just couldn't. I couldn't uh... like. I was like, no, I can't. I can't call like. I can handle reading the wrong name in the subtitles, but I can't hear it. I cannot hear it. Yeah, over that was, and over yeah, and over streamline again. Streamline dub did that. Yeah, they, they did Rupon. Is that the newer Rupon. one? No, that's the, um, that's that's the original one. There were still all the lawsuits with Monkey Punch. Ab- the, uh, the so Lupin name. what what might be confusing you uh, again is that Netflix inexplicably the Netflix only has the uh, yeah they only have the 1980 streamline line dub on it. Oh, they don't that. have the the more recent uh, David Hayter dub. That is the way more consistent one, and also features Solid Snake as Lupin. Like, <laughs> I love David Hayter. Yeah, but Kojima doesn't. <laughs> Bastard. Um. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's because I started sounding happy again, isn't it? It's because I started sounding happy, and you were like, "Nope." All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Shit. All right. Let's move on. Let's let's move on to happier happier trails because we get to talk about stuff that's been airing because we've gotten the first couple episodes of Marvel She-Hulk. Attorney at Law. (laughs) And we've gotten the first two episodes of that. And I've I've been really enjoying it. I've been positively charmed by it. Well I love Tatiana Maslani. I'm I'm a huge fan of Tatiana Maslani. Um Everything I see her in, she's really good. It's it is it is the weird thing. So because I'm a big Orphan Black fan, I always feel like I always feel like she's wasted. Whatever, she's just playing one character, and I like that's the normal thing for any actor to do. <laughs> I appreciated though that there was the throwaway line about only having one personality in the first episode, and I was like, ah, I get that. I don't know. My favorite joke was in the second episode when Bruce said. I'm I'm a I'm a completely different person since that happened. Yeah, that was very good too, honestly. Probably paraphrasing, but yeah, it's um so fun fact, uh the second episode is actually the pilot. Uh originally the the first episode was originally intended to be episode 4 and they reshot the framing sequences. Huh. To make it work as episode cuz originally they just wanted to throw you in 
to like there there would have been some modifications to episode one and two to give you a little bit, but um, it they they would have like gone into the lawsuit without uh, and just had her Hulk out in in the lawsuit at the beginning of the episode because yeah. Uh, they wanted to just throw you into it without giving an origin story, but test audiences got confused. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I, I think I think they did the right call, like rearranging it. Oh yeah, but I, I think it, it is... works beautifully how it is. Yeah, I can agree with that. It it is though like the the first episode is not the show. The second episode is the show, like where they're going with this show. It's, um, mm-hmm. and I genuinely love it that they've you know maintained her you know breaking the fourth wall that they've oh yeah like oh god yeah that's that was that just delighted me that we started off on that foot like literally started off so far every episode's had a fourth had 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 a post-credit scene yes and they're fantastic (laughs) because they're completely unimportant to yo who's just moving stuff She's just like parents. Dad. <laughs> it's so good. She's like carrying She's all like the heavy the stuff for her parents. Change a tire. Oh, it's so good. The someone uh, if if people don't know, I am a I literally wrote a uh my graduate um or my my graduate my final uh not my graduate thesis, but my final thesis before I graduated uh with my uh bachelor's was about uh, Captain America comics as propaganda. I'm very, very into Captain America books. And someone actually asked me about the, there is a very funny post-credits joke. And someone asked me if I would, if I was upset or offended by it. And I'm like, why would I be offended by it? There is an excellent Captain America joke in this episode. And uh, it's, I actually broke down in tears laughing. I thought the post-credit so sequence in the first episode yeah. was so Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I really appreciate, like, all the little, like... Lawyer show. Well, the the <laughs> all, like, the, the things she says where she's just like, yeah, the, I am I am a female. I've, this is this is how I deal with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is how things are as a female. The, the, uh, as a woman, yeah, the dude bros like, freaked out about that, and I love my favorite thing about the dude bros on the line freaking out about it is it's like you're you're proving it right, you're you're li- you're doing the thing, you're 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 doing the thing, um, but mm-hmm. I just felt so seen at <laughs> some of these parts. I'm just like yes, ah. Masani is just so good in like I mean I know shocking very very uh controversial opinion here Tatiana Maslany amazing actress but well, you what know, a great choice You know a lot of people because there are a lot of people who haven't seen Orphan Black a lot of people aren't familiar with her you know what I mean Okay it's, yeah so it's like it, if anyone who's watched Orphan Black can tell you that Tatiana Maslany is an amazing actress like it's it's a given if anyone who's watched that show um Mm-hmm. But the, there, there's a lot of people who aren't exposed to her, and so it's like, yeah, it's but she she carries the series lead amazingly. So only the first two episodes have aired while we're recording this, um, and uh, I love the fact that the end of episode two that we get the tie into Shang Chi. Yeah, that was very good. Because 
a lot of us forgot. Like I, I had completely forgotten that Abomination was in Shang Chi fighting Wong in the the cage fights. I I was excited to see how they were going to work it in because I did remember that it's clear that I've, it's it's clear that Wong's breaking him out of prison to do the cage fights and then putting him right. back. It's <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's I'm yeah. It's I'm I'm so excited to see where the show goes. It's also can I just say I love like her family. Yes. Well. Yes. <laughs> like they're just, especially the dad. Like he's so chill about it all. Jen, you're not even the first Hulk in this family. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just like oh, I just love how like down to earth and calm, and just like. Well, you know, we don't. Do we know? So how is um. I'm not as uh, uh as familiar with like I know that is it which side of the family is she Bruce's cousin is that through her mom or through her dad I legitimately do not know offhand I that has been apparently that is something that I discovered this week is that like a good chunk of my friends think that i've read a lot of she hulk and i don't no, know what they got no, that I've, impression from because i have not <laughs> i i well no it's it's my you're more exposed to this side of the marvel universe though than right. i am so it's that's why i thought you might know yeah no 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 i i, I sorry i didn't mean to throw you on under the bus tray i've just i one of my co-workers was asking me if the show was any good and i was like oh i really liked it they're like yeah but you're a big she hulk fan i'm like what what are you talking about like <laughs> I'm... You're a Captain America fangirl if I've ever I seen one. Say, I'm the <laughs> I'm a Captain America fangirl. I'm a I'm a Bucky fangirl. Um, um, I don't like telling people I read as much Deadpool as I do, but I absolutely do. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> we know She Hulk, very good. Yeah, very, very excited for episodes. Excellent. Yeah. It's uh. Then besides She-Hulk, we got the long-awaited adaptation of Sandman. Yes. And then a random extra episode of Sandman as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw him tweet I, that out, I'm just like, oh no, I gotta go watch it. I'm assuming that what happened was with that extra episode is that they just didn't have the like the animation done or something. And since it was just side stories, they just decided to like not miss the deadline with the main series. Yeah. Um, I would like to between um between the excellent. By the way, the casting in Sandman. Uh, oh my god! Perfection. Yeah. Oh my god! Every there's not a bad there's not a a single piece of bad casting. I love I love Dream. I love the. I love his deep voice that's kind of offset by his incredibly youthful face. Oh, Tom, Tom Sturridge looks like death. Tom Sturridge um, looks like he's walked off the comics page. Yeah, yeah, to an uncomfortable extent, in the best way possible. Yeah. Uh, the 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 death vignette, that whole bit, I cried as much as I did when I read the original comic. Oh, so good. Oh, it's the, amazing. I she was. Well, and you know, this is this is Neil Gaiman is directly involved with this adaptation, so I think that's like uh, part of the reason why it's so authentic and so good. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. 
I love Jenna Coleman. I didn't know I needed Jenna Coleman Constantine, but here she is, and I love her. <laughs> yeah, and tri- I want and finally, a media adaptation pronounces the character's name the way it's supposed to be pronounced in the comics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm always going to say Constantine because, you know, I my first exposure to the character was Don't Hate Me, the Keanu Reeves movie. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> I, I See, the thing is, I, I, Celeste prefers that pronunciation, but I've, I've seen enough uh, interviews with both Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore that I've kind of forced myself to change it because it's like, mm. <laughs> you know, it's it, whatever it's. So I, I like I like yes, Joanna Constantine. And so it's interesting is they they obviously like made uh, wanted to they they changed the John to also another Joanna Constantine for the uh, the modern era mostly just so they'd only have to hire one performer. Um, mm-hmm. But it turns out that if they hadn't made that change, they would have probably had to have made it anyways because John Constantine is off limits. That's why uh, because J J Abrams is working on a reboot or a movie, a John Constantine movie. Uh, That's why, actually, like, the last season of... So Matt Ryan was playing him on Legends of Tomorrow. And that's why Legends of Tomorrow wrote off Constantine, but brought Matt Ryan back the next season as a different character in the final season of Legends because they were instructed they had to get rid of the character, but they didn't want to fire the actor. So that's why I mean, that's pretty cool on the showrunner's yeah, part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They made him a really yeah. cool character. Like they wrote a really interesting character with a really interesting arc for his appearance in in the last se- in what turned out to be the last season. God, that last season of of Legends of Tomorrow was so good. I'm still annoyed that uh that show got canceled along with a lot of other stuff in the whole Discovery Warner Brothers merger. Funny again, <sighs> why why even get invested in DC stuff at this point? Um, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, the uh, but but that's like because this one's really good, you guys. Everything like, in Sandman was so good. It's so good. I haven't even read the comics and like understood everything. Like everything was explained beautifully. Um, yeah. I really love the pacing. Yes. Because they're long episodes, um, like Netflix likes to do, but the pacing is is much more like that of a comic book yeah um the duel of ideas between dream and uh lucifer was phenomenal oh, oh it's one of my amazing Gwendolyn christie's amazing. lucifer is great it's so oh. good that too oh my god Gwendolyn christie was inspired casting like oh, yeah. absolutely perfect casting perfect. on that part also yeah. um oh um uh, Mason Alexander Park, good to see them working His again desire, after Netflix yeah. nixed uh, uh, Cowboy Bebop so wrongfully. It was good to see God, them that's working right. again. Right, they were in that. I, f- I forgot that's the same actor. Yeah, I'm, I've I've become a big fan. Yeah. Oh, I love Patton Os- Oswalt as, as Matthew the Raven. Like we could just we could just sit here and like oh yeah and list all the like you know all the and, different and parts we love. Mark I just need to interrupt you either again. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just uh, such an exciting show. It is. It is weird to watch some of these characters with no connection to the DC comics because like going like you know like Lita Hall like going like mm-hmm yeah that's. Not the daughter of Wonder Woman and Hawkman. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, or uh, or um, 
the they actually gave Patton Oswalt a throwaway line that kind of uh, this was the this is the closest thing I had to a quibble is uh, one of Patton Oswalt's throwaway lines is Matthew the Raven uh, establishes that he is not Matthew Cable Swamp Thing's token human friend who um, comic book Matthew the Raven absolutely is. Yeah. But like it was a, yeah. that's the closest thing I have to an issue with this show, you guys. <laughs> like, yeah, but that actually probably prevents them from having to pay the rights for oh, certain no, things. No, I, yeah, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that's yeah. the closest I had to something that I was like, huh, that's a change. Uh, <laughs> um, oh gosh. Also, side note, other thing I'm enjoying, I guess there is something for me to be invested in with some DC properties because between the Batman, a movie I loved, and this, Goth Boys are back, everybody. It's <laughs> time. They're back. Goth Boys are back. Is it just me or does Tom Sturridge always look like he just like bit into a piece of lemon? Yeah, I can see He's that. He's always like puckering his lips a little bit. He's always pursing like his bottom <laughs> Uh, and it uh, like it's not a criticism it is no, I, it's I genuinely a... I, I genuinely enjoy that <laughs> dream has to constantly have a stick shoved up his butt and they nailed it they yeah, absolutely no, nailed it's... It. <laughs> <sighs> no it's so good if you have not seen it yet go watch it right now yeah, get those, keep those streaming numbers up so we can get a second season. It's yeah, so I mean, good. I will say, here's the thing, is it's like, if it doesn't get a second season, you'll still be really satisfied with this watch through. Yeah, um, that's true. Like, that's that's the thing, is it's like, they did a very good job at a, like, at, at adapting, like, a certain number of the comics that were a complete arc. Yes. And that's what I really like about it. Um, that you get, like... It's not, to compare it to Umbrella Academy, Umbrella Academy, super long episodes, huge, one big story that you're trying to put together, whereas Sandman is like, you know, here's a bit, here's a, a full story, and then a little, like, interim, whatever, and then here's another full story. Actual episodic storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though, like, they may not take place, like, in a single episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing adaptation of Sandman it's, and it, it's a, it's a comic that people thought would be unadaptable and maybe it would have been in days prior to the current level of visual effects we can do on a television mm-hmm. budget. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have never worked as a movie. It always had to be a series no. uh, period. And now that we live in a world where something on a series has the budget to make that, um, it's amazing. Let me also just say that if you uh, did watch the Sandman TV show and you really enjoyed it, um, definitely give the comics a look. You don't have to, but I think you'll enjoy those too. I this is uh, this is me trying to be like an anti gatekeeper. You know how like some people will be assholes about where I read the comic before it was cool. No, use this as an opportunity if you enjoy the comic. Keep reading the comic. If you yeah. like that, check out Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. It has very similar brain feel. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah, I will I will say the thing to remember when reading The Sandman is that, you know, this is a 
30-year-old comic, and the language in certain things was the current language at the time, and some of that language has changed, and so it may feel like um, regarding, you know, maybe gender identity, like some of that may feel dated and old, but it was the current language at the time, and it was purposely updated to the cur- current language of now in the show. So And, like, mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman has, like, been very open about yeah that was my screw up and i'm trying to be better well some of it some of it was screw ups and some of it wasn't screw ups it's just that you know like um when we talk about like desires pronouns that like Mm -hmm. they're the 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 discourse has you know evolved from where it was in you know 1992 that's fair you know um Mm -hmm. And the community has maybe, you know, come up with things that they didn't hadn't necessarily agreed on back then. So, like, it's Gaiman's pretty good about like actually talking to people in communities before he tries to represent them in a story. Yeah, it's 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 amazing what you can learn when you just listen to people. It does it Crazy. does make it is it is a funny thing like <laughs> watching him talk about certain things like because there's the story in that bonus episode like the side story about the author and he wrote that. Yep. When he he wrote the original comic, that's based on when he was just a comics author, and not you know hadn't really written you know novels yet. <laughs> and uh, to to him, it was a very like it's it was him you know it, it it seems like it's the sort of thing that would seem self indulgent to write now. <laughs> I just I just strange. love it when when writers write writers. And it gets yeah. like a little meta, and you're just like, "Ooh, <laughs> what were you thinking but, and feeling when you were writing?" What's this? funny is what it's based on is a writer writing a different kind of writer because he wasn't in that world when he wrote about oh, it. He yeah. was just adjacent to it. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, like he considered himself a comic writer at the time and not a novel writer, and so to write about novel writers was, you know, him almost, you know, kind of commenting on the people next door, not the people he was of yet. That's so. funny. Yeah, anyways. Uh, so Sandman, you should watch it and then watch you it a second time it. to get the streaming numbers up. Uh, <clears throat> that brings us to the back end of our show. And uh, we do have something here in the mailbag. It is in regards to the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge, but I'm just going to read it real quick. Challenge. So as as you know, people who do the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge, um, where I read a part of a book and you have to guess what it is, Sean Orange decided to send in a guess, and uh, normally I don't read the wrong guesses out loud, but because it's Sean Orange, host of Famicom Dojo and Two Boobs Watch the Tube, I have to. Um, Mm -hmm. He wrote in, are you reading the novelization of Star Trek The Motion Picture? Because that passage sounds a lot like Lieutenant Ilya. If I'm wrong, feel, (laughs) you know, but... He said, if I'm wrong, feel free to keep it going because I'm already in the Hall of Awesome. I mean, if you were wrong, I was going to keep going anyways. But but if I'm wrong, then also, I think he meant to say if I'm right. But but if I'm wrong, then also feel free to mock me for how wrong I am. You are so wrong. So you are wrong. wrong, 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 wrong. I don't even know what book it is, and you're so wrong. But in a distinct way, which would be hilarious if you knew what book it was. <laughs> you're a wrong person wrongo anyways that does bring <laughs> us to the vomit hat steve challenge 
And the Vomit Head Steve Challenge is, again, part of the show where I read a line out of a book. And the challenge to you, the audience, is to guess what book I am reading from. If you guess correctly by sending in your guess to the contact form, you get included in the Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, you get your name written down or whatever name you choose to be listed as on a hidden... It's not really hidden. It's... It is a web page. It's a page on our website that is actually a little buried now. It used to be prominent up on like the front, but now it's like you got to go through a couple of levels to find it. But it's there. Two, I read your name aloud every episode of the podcast, and three, we think of you in those moments alone at night when the cold wind blows against the window and we hear the scrape of the branch against the snow. And we think, yes, they are out there. So anyways, current members of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. <gasps> Archimite, Zero, Rena Innocenti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slytherini, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Man, Cora Fan, Capito, Chris Graham, Millisaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cabsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. I have the book in my hand. I'm going to open to go. a random page. I'm going to. Here we go. He had won again. This victory had been far easier than the one he had managed in order to get on the on the hood for the journey here to see the brand new. We're going to stop the line there. If you can guess what book that's from, go to nerdandtie.com slash contact. Click on the and form. Here's a hint. And tell me. It's not the one that Sean Orange said. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. You're also, one step ahead now. If you have anything else you'd like, if you'd like us to read your letters on the show, go ahead and uh, go to nerdandtie.com. Click on the contact button right up top. Click on that. There's a contact form that you can fill out and uh, write us your messages, your hopes, your dreams, your thoughts, your questions for us. Uh, what did you think of Sandman? What did you think of She-Hulk? We're going to definitely be talking about She-Hulk more next episode. So hey. as more episodes airs, tell us what your thoughts are. Um, we've got so much more going on. And, you know, here at the Nerd and Time Network, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we launched a new podcast earlier this month called Casual Trek, which is uh, a star trek podcast hosted by two people who are just sort of star trek fans um <laughs> uh charlie etheridge nunn and miles reed lobato the two most british people on the network uh <laughs> charlie described himself as a lifelong x-men fan and miles is a lifelong doctor who fan if anyone can objectively rank every single episode of star trek on a big list it's going to be two people who think star trek is pretty decent I had updates every fortnight on Mondays here on the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, and you know uh, it's they've they've done a couple episodes going through the pilot episodes of most of the live action series. I'm I'm a little annoyed they skipped where No Man has gone before because you know even though it is the second episode produced of Star Trek, it is still a pilot. You skipped a pilot. You skipped a pilot. No, they skipped a pilot. But anyways. You know, not that I'm thinking hard at them. But anyways, it's it's a great podcast, and you should listen to it. And it's here on the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. You can find that at nerdandtie.com slash trek. It's a real easy URL. Um, and, yeah, it's also, you know, 
we've been releasing season two with the meat grinder and uh, we're happy to say that we're going to be recording season three pretty soon for release next year which is an actual play podcast in which all the characters die all the time uh where the the players cycle in and out with new characters pretty constantly as their uh their heroes die the first season was uh kind of a zombie apocalypse season the second season sees a bunch of uh, chosen ones headed to fulfill a prophecy only uh the prophecy was baloney and they've all been lied to so if you throw enough chosen ones at a problem eventually one of them might get through and that's uh season two that's currently airing and you can find that at nerdandtie.com slash meat grinder and you can find all of our shows at nerdandtie.com and including you know uh, all of our podcasts from, you know, video games to actual play to, you know, witchcraft stuff. And also uh, Celeste is best, a YouTube series that is also a part of the network. It's not a podcast, but a YouTube show uh, It is that is hosted by Celeste and like all this stuff. You can find links to all of the productions that are, are made in our little community here. And if you want to talk to anyone uh who who makes these shows you know we're all on the nerd and tie discord and you can find invite at the, for that at nerdandtie.com slash discord and you should talk to us and you should be our friend and you should join the discord hang out hang out tell with... me what classic anime you want me to analyze from a queer lens all of all of them all I... all of them Look, project echo Project Echo. That's what I want. Actually, there's there's a lot to talk about there. Plus, the new Blu-ray is really nice. Actually, yeah. I was feeling really stupid earlier today because uh, once again, Labor Day is coming up. I completely forgot that it was happening, and I still haven't done a Pat Labor video for Labor Day. Come on. Every Pat Labor Day is in the title. It, then I forget when Labor Day is. All right. So, anyways, this is where we have to wrap up the show. Remember, if you want to uh, – I- I'm Trey Dorn. I am Celeste. I am best. I'm Gen Brock. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, anywhere that podcasts can be consumed by your ears and your mind. And remember, please rate and review us on those stores, especially Apple Podcasts, because that greatly helps us in rankings. If you uh, want to follow the show on social media, we are on Twitter at Nerd and Tie. We are on Tumblr at nerdandtie.tumblr.com. And we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdandtie. I know our Twitter wasn't updating for a little while, but we fixed that. Updates are going back out as normal. And uh, if you want to support the show financially, remember we do have a legal fund, which you can find the GoFundMe at gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. Uh, remember, you can sponsor episodes of the show. I forgot to mention that at the top, but you can sponsor episodes of the show for like $20. We'd say something nice about you at the beginning of the show. Uh, you can contribute also to some of our individual stuff. I've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. Celeste has got a Patreon at Celeste. What is your Patreon? Uh, it is now... Um, double check what the new... Sorry, I, I, I fixed the URL, finally. And now I'm all right. It's you're, it's at it. patreon.com slash Celeste is best. No spaces, no dashes. Just Celeste is. is best okay. is one word because I'm faster than Celeste is at finding her own promotional materials. Apparently. Yeah, I'm bad at and, life. And again, again, again sell stuff on the Internet is Ocelot Dude Designs. Right. Still right. New in the shop. Stripey pride scarves. Yay. Finally fixed my they're, brand. They're, and that's they're on pride Etsy? flags, but in scarf form. 
Ooh. That's on Etsy? Yes. As Ocelot Dude Designs. And uh, remember, in your hearts, in your mind, in your soul, in the places that you think of deep at night when you're alone by yourself, thinking of the days gone by, in the days of yore, in the days long in the past when you were younger and stronger and less likely to fall over with a stiff breeze, we're there with you in your memories, in your dreams, stealing all of your stuff out of your memories. That's right. We got your stuff and we're not giving it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Your drawing from second grade is mine. Yeah. Guess what? Your favorite memory of your third grade teacher? It's mine now. Yeah, I got that. Bad. Yeah. Remember how you learned to Mrs. Hammers. Cursive in you don't even remember Mrs. Hammers anymore. <laughs> your ability to draw cursive? That's hard. Cursive is just you gone from your memory. Like, I've got your ability to do cursive now. It's in my <laughs> back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that straight to video Land Before Time sequel? Now I. Oh. Got crap. Yeah, you gotta, you yeah, gotta do better when, when pinching stuff, Celeste. We're the mind out of this. Did you did you hear my joke? Yeah, I heard it was, the good. Time it, was, it was good. It was good. It was good. Okay, good. Fun, so, go watch go watch Time Bandits. It's very yeah, good. Go watch Time Bandits. Yeah, good idea. I. It's some. I you know, sometimes you're wrapping a podcast and you think to yourself. Have we gotten chaotic enough? <laughs> and I don't know. And the answer is always no. The answer is no. And with the that, my friends. Go watch Time Bandits. Go watch Time Bandits. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, new podcast idea. Time Bandits watch along. We only do five minutes at a time. Five minute episodes. <laughs> release it once a month. <laughs> and we do it in reverse order. Start at the end of the movie. Brilliant. Brilliant. Next, Let's do it. Next spring on the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. <laughs> Keep on. Hold on. Let me figure out what Time what? Bandits is backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at some point, we're going to find out who actually listens to the end of the episodes. We're going to be really disappointed. No, no. I love you. Probably. Dab Emmett. God damn it.